Richie. Hi, Sin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 228 of the Snap Covenant. Hey, Richie. <laughs> yes, Sin. What season is it? Well, Sin, as <laughs> this is take three, <laughs> I now know that the correct season is not summer and not winter and also not spring, so it must be autumn. What a coincidence! We have autumn right here on our podcast! Oh my god! What are the chances? Woo! Welcome back, autumn! Hi! Tell us a little bit about yourself. You might know me from some other podcasts or video games that I have made at Pearl Software. One of which was a game that Sin has streamed. Yeah, actually, it's one of my favorite games ever. You get a cake. On all the levels, you get a cake. This is why it's my favorite game. Hello, my name is Harad. I do Let's Plays on YouTube and live streams over on Twitch. You can find me on both platforms under the same name. I also post updates to the game choices and channel ideas on my Twitter under the handle at Harad3. Today I'm going to tell you about the Firing Hammer Badge. The Firing Hammer Badge depicts the hammer of a gun. It's acquired by killing the transformed hunter in the hunter's nightmare. The English description of the badge reads, Badge crafted by the Odo Workshop, precursor to the workshop of the heretical powder kegs. The powder kegs were driven by singular ideas and crafted strange weapons of great intricacy. It is clear that the philosophy of the powder kegs was already established at this time. The badge unlocks delayed Molotov, delayed rope Molotov, and the piercing rifle. Fun fact, it's the only badge that does not add an additional messenger to the badge. Big thank you to Harad for reading the description and some lore of the badge in the beginning of the video. So, Autumn, Richie, we're here today to talk about a very special badge. Which one is that? It's the Firing Hammer Badge! Yay! Yay, yay, the one that is probably the least to say about. But I think, I think we can... We can get through it. As you can see, I pasted in Discord a new and approved badges outline. Yay. <laughs> That's like half the questions of the previous one. Yeah. I'm sure, it'll be just as long, though. Hooray. <laughs> and the first point is, what is the firing hammer badge? It looks like a firing hammer. What is a firing hammer? <laughs> um, it's the little thingy on a gun, I think, that makes it explode. Well, it's like a hammer. Yeah, it's the part of the gun that hits the bullet that, like, sets it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. The one in the badge looks like like a piratey one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It looks like it would have a spot for like fire to go inside it. Mm. We'll talk about the factions a little later in the outline, but this one makes me think of something Kindhurst would make. 
Because the engraving that gives no tactical advantage whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> they might have ripped it off from, from Kanehurst because there's that whole deal about how um, the powder kegs stole a, a writer palish and made like bootleg versions. Hi, Richie here. Sin wants me to go into some more detail about how the writer palish was stolen and copied by the hunters. The rifle spear, found in Old Yarnum, is a large pointed stick with a gun stuck to it, described as an imitation of a lost Kanehurst weapon. When we travel to Castle Kanehurst, we can find a weapon there called the writer palish, which is a smaller pointed stick with a gun stuck to it. From this, we can infer that the notion of a sharp thing stuck to a gun is one of the many secrets of Castle Kanehurst. We have no idea who stole the weapon, which means it was Erden. Back to the podcast. So, Richie. Yes. This is a question for you, because out of us three, you're the only one that would know. Oh, God. <laughs> what is the description of the firing hammer badge in Japanese? I, I will have to look it up. Hang on. Well, with the magic of editing, you can pretend like you knew it all along and just like say it as if you did. And I'll add a little music in the background. It's going to be super cute. You understand I can't speak Japanese, right? <sighs> I'm just reading it out phonetically. Yes, I know. And then you say the translation. Autumn, do you see what right. I have to deal with? <laughs> Thank you. All right, I found it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, this 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 uh, auto translation is actually quite good. So, the description of the firing hammer badge in Japanese for me, someone who doesn't speak Japanese, is Gekitetsu no Karyudo Show Fuchi Ichikaiha. Oto Kobo ga hako shitamono kobo no itan kayaku ko no zenshin tunaro ichikaiha oto kobo no hako shita karyudo sho dokuji no haso tu fukuzasuna kiko Shoshite Kimionabuki Kayaku Ko no Tetsugaki wa Konogoro Sudeni Ikizuite Ita. Thank you, Richie. Now, can you please tell us what it means? Well, if we go by the auto translation on Google. Hammer Hunter ID published by Oto Kobo, an old parliamentary group. <laughs> a parliamentary group that is the predecessor of the heretical explosive storage of the workshop. <laughs> Hunter certificate issued by Oto Kobo. Unique idea and complicated mechanism. And a strange weapon. The philosophy of powder storage was already alive around this time. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> Powder storage. 
Should I read the actual English description? Please. A badge crafted by the auto workshop, precursor to the workshop of the heretical powder kegs. The powder kegs were driven by singular ideas and crafted strange weapons of great intricacy. It is clear that the philosophy of the powder kegs was already established at this time. Thank you. So now, let's talk about what this note is trying to tell us. This is, like, kind of an interesting badge, sort of. Because it's a badge that basically just exists to fill in part of Yanam's historical development. It's not a badge that belongs to a faction that we actually really interact with. Because it's specifically, this is the badge of, like, the faction that would later become sort of the powder kegs. And we meet some powder kegs in the game. But our point is, like, the Odo workshop is, like, long gone at this point. We've talked about this with regard to Ludwig and with regard to different weapons and stuff, but the weapons that the hunters use evolve over time as the sort of the beast plague changes. It's like the the kind of beast they're fighting and the kind of environments they're doing it in. So if you look at like German, who is like the beginning of the sort of hunter style that, that comes to characterize beast hunting in Yarnum, his, his firearm is a blunderbuss. So the idea it's like this very it's like a, a shotgun, it has this very wide like spray to it, and he's just sort of firing indiscriminately at things that are close to him. What the firing hammer badge and the auto workshop tell us is that there was a period in which they started developing what were basically like kind of like a sniper rifle or just like a hunting rifle rather than a, a blunderbuss or a pistol. And they specified that the reason they did that is because they were having to hunt in very narrow streets and alleys where a shotgun would not be as useful. So it's developing sort of toward like an urban combat style that comes to characterize like the later hunters after German's time. And it says like this also led to the powder kegs. So you can see like this is when they really start thinking about like using using firearms very seriously and, and presumably from there you start getting like the Gatling gun and Ludwig's rifle and stuff as a result of the work that the auto workshop did but the auto workshop are gone now right and um i think we get the firing hammer badge from the transformed hunter in the nightmare so presumably that is that is like someone from the auto workshop mm-hmm. who transformed and then went to the nightmare yeah Thank you, Richie. Could you please describe the badge? I mean, it looks like a firing hammer, which is literally what it is. It's very ornate and it's very old looking. It's rusty looking almost. But I guess that makes sense because it's like the precursor to powder keg stuff. I can fill in something about the name because at this point we're just talking about cut shit constantly. A lot of the things that happen in the DLC, like character names and designs and stuff, they were cut and then sort of repurposed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and character names are a big deal. Like, the yeah. there's a, they patch in an NPC who's called Gremia. And, like, it's not related, but Gremia used to be, like, an area in the game. And I guess they just liked the name and kept it. Uh-huh. So Otto is a cut uh, hunter character. 
Uh-huh. Otto was the character who wore the Madaris twin set. The the like stitched together leather thing that makes you look like Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> um, yeah, that that is actually that's technically added in the DLC, but they they made it and put it in the game before like the DLC was made. It's actually in like older versions, complete and functional. Lance has shown it to me, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is called the attire of Executioner Otto. Another executioner? Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Executioner Otto was a character and um, dressed like uh, like Executioner Meralda from Demon Souls in like the stitched together leather stuff. And I guess they liked the name, so they made the Otto Workshop. Interesting. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Autumn. So now let's move on to the location of the firing hammer badge. Where is it located currently? Belongs to a large hairy man in the Hunter's Nightmare. <laughs> Which one? Well, it's in the Hunter's Nightmare, carried by the beastie-looking hunter outside of where Gilbert's house would be, except in the Nightmare, not in the real world. And that character is just called the Bestial Hunter. That's like their official name. We don't really know anything else about them. And uh, presumably that is someone from the auto workshop. And the auto workshop was a long time ago. So they're all at this point, they've been taken to the nightmare. And this guy must have transformed at some point and been taken to the nightmare. And he's now roaming around, uh, slivering like a beast. Roaming around like a beast with my firing hammer badge. <laughs> yeah Thank yeah you. and if, if you want to um like go more into like oh the um the position of the nightmare like everything in it is sort of chronological he's up river from where dura's disciple is so the idea of like the auto workshop leading to the powder kegs is kind of in there that at the like the river is going down and there's like auto workshop guy and then if you follow the river down you get to one of the powder kegs so you can see everything sort of I see. Yeah. Thank you, Autumn. Thank you, Richie. Can we talk a bit more about who has that badge? Okay, so it's the Bestial Hunter, who we talked about before. Like, they don't really have a name or anything. They're just the Bestial Hunter. But um, interestingly, like, we can data mine their stats. And we can see, like, like um, what they look like. And they are, they have like ludicrous stats, actually. Like you could sort of look at this and say, oh, look, they have like 45 blood tinge. I guess that fits with them being like gun build because they need blood tinge for the gun. But then it's like, well, they also have like uh, 45 dexterity and like 60 strength (laughs) and 40 vitality. So they're just buff all around. I guess the only other thing to say about them is that they they technically have throwing knives equipped, but they never use them because they're always using the Beast Claws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Beast Claw is plus seven. Wow. Also, if you, uh, if you lead them out, you can, like, lure them around. You can bait them. And if you... Actually, I'll see who they fight because I did this for Meth ages ago. I made a little, um, like, chart. Hang on. 
This is one of the things that I don't think, like, we've talked about, like, levels of awfulness that I've gone to. But, like, I spent about two days just leading different things around the Hunter's Nightmare to see who would kill what. Mm. So I can tell you that... So, yeah, if you somehow kite the bestial hunter away from where he is, he will, like, fight other hunters and he'll fight the blood-starved beast if you also somehow kite that out of its cave. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I wonder if enemies have, like, a faction stat that determines what will be hostile. They do. Um, there's all right. Okay. There's um, <laughs> there's technically four different like factions in the Hunter's Nightmare. Mm. So there's like the Beast Patience, uh, Dura's Disciple, and the the Big Tentacle guys on one side. There's the the Old Huntsman and like the the Crows and the Dogs on one side. There's the Bloodstuffed Beast who will basically fight anything that isn't uh, another beast or Dura's disciple. And then there's the the beast hunter, the eye collectors and the blood lickers who won't fight each other, but they'll fight the blood-starved beast. Interesting. Yeah, and you're like, how do you know this? And it's like, well, just so happens that um, I was tasked with kiting everything in the nightmare around to see who would fight what. It's also possible if you're really dedicated to get the blood-starved beast out of the cave and lead it all the way back up to Lawrence. And then if you trigger the Lawrence fight, the blood-starved beast will try to hit Lawrence through the fog. Cute. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Where does the badge come from? The auto workshop. Can I can I ask a question? Yes. Why do we have where does the badge come from when it's always going to be the workshop that the badge is associated with? Just like Bloodborne, our outlines go through development. <laughs> right. So this is an artifact of the outline of enemies of Bloodborne <laughs> that <laughs> made its way onto here. All right, then. Continue. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Richie. Hi. (coughs) Hi, Richie here. If you're tuning into this channel for the first time, you may think to yourself, did I hear right? Enemies of Bloodborne? Yes, you did hear right. In the absence of anything else to talk about, Sin decided it would be a good idea to do an episode-by-episode deep dive into every individual enemy of Bloodborne and ask what, where, and why. If you think this sounds a lot like Duckfeed's Monster in My Podcast, you're correct with the key difference that they had the foresight to cover a game with more than 30 enemies in it. Playlist in the description. Now, let's move on to the why part. Why is the firing hammer patch? I, f- I feel like this is another, like, it, it, yeah. all the badges do the same thing, which is they unlock items. 
Well, it's like the badges all just like show which workshop you're affiliated with. Yeah. So they all kind of they all kind of serve that purpose. Cool. Thank you, Autumn. Mm -hmm. What is the mechanism by which obtaining the badge unlocks an item? It's going to be the same. I mean, again, they're all the same. It's the bath messengers. Yeah, yeah. What I'm asking is a little deeper. Like, how does that happen? Then when you get the badge, the messenger knows it needs to give you a certain weapon. We've talked about this before. uh, Also, where it's like the bath messengers are like hunter fans. And so they see you have the badge from whatever faction. And then they try to bring you the items that belong to that faction. Oh, that's right. So you basically just show it to them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, 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 you have that badge. I know what you want. A gun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember. And then they go steal something from the auto workshop. And Otto's like, not again. Not, not my precious delayed Molotovs. <laughs> Most useless fucking item in the game. Hi, Richie here. Sins asked me to do a little Snack Covenant deep dive into the Delayed Rope Molotov, a Bloodborne DLC weapon I just described as, quote, fucking useless, unquote. Unlike the regular Rope Molotov, the Delayed Rope Molotov will not explode on contact with an enemy, and instead has a 1.5 second fuse. This means that the weapon is only effective on things that are going to be standing exactly where you're standing 1.5 seconds in the future. Frustratingly, The Old Hunters actually contains a set piece in which delayed molotovs work like proximity mines rather than on a timer. If delayed rope molotovs worked like this, they'd actually be really, really useful. But they don't, so they're not. Back to the podcast. Or they have a or. 3D printer in the bath. Uh-huh. So the, the badges are actually like CAD files. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the mechanism mm. I was looking for. There's like data encoded in the form of the badge. Mm. Yes. The problem is that this is part of the outline, so we're going to have to answer this question for every other badge. But every time we do it, we come up with something new. That's the beauty of the outline. All right. It might be someone's first time listening to this podcast. Yeah, someone in 2021 might be sitting there thinking, I want to learn about the auto workshop. (laughs) I just finished playing Bloodborne, and you know what didn't make sense? The auto workshop. (laughs) Everything else was fine. Not the workshop, the badge. (laughs) Hi, Richie here. Sin and I would like to apologize to you if you were in fact looking for information on the auto workshop in 2021 please be advised that there is other content on the channel. Back to the podcast. Who built the badge? 
I don't know. Whoever worked at the auto workshop. I'm not being facetious here. Do we think that, like, the person that ran the auto workshop was just called Otto? Yeah. And it's interesting because, unless I'm mistaken, all the other workshops are named after an organization, whereas the auto workshop is named after Otto. So it makes me envision, like, this little workshop with this, like, guy who builds his own things in, like, his garage or something. Don't build delayed Molotovs in your garage, though. (laughs) It's a terrible role model. (laughs) I mean, the Molotovs and the rifle that this badge provide all do kind of have a similar, like, style. Mm. Mm -hmm. They're all just, like, pointy metal wrapped in, like, oil cloth or something. Yeah. So it's like, maybe the auto workshop is just one guy who was good at sniping and a pyromaniac (laughs) and it it doesn't exist anymore because it blew up yeah god thank you autumn Mm -hmm. thank you richie so now one last question in this section which sailor moon character does the badge make you think of well, Sailor Moon was originally going to have a gun. So, <laughs> oh my god, really? Sailor Moon. That's amazing. I had no idea. Yeah, you can look up concept art and it's just Sailor Moon and she's just got like a Glock and it's really good. That sounds amazing. I was expecting it to be like like a crystal gun or like with a no, heart on it. It's just a, a it's just a Glock. <laughs> Thank you, Autumn. Thank mm-hmm. you, Richie. I have risen from the dead to predict that the auto badge will return in the auto workshop episode. Sin would also like me to mention that Reborn shows up again, but they know. They fucking know. It just never ends, does it? There's people out there who who only know about Reborn because of this channel. For all they know, it doesn't actually exist. It could just be a dream that Sin has had. And it's like, you know, there's anime out there that shares themes or even just aesthetics with Bloodborne, but Sin only wants to talk about Reborn forever. So that's, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to keep talking about Reborn. Back to the podcast. And now that we talked about the badge, there's actually a second part to this podcast. Hooray. We're going to touch upon the faction that this badge represents. 
Some of these things may be a little repetitive, but that's okay. We're here to learn. And repetition is part of learning. Right. That was a that was a pretty unenthusiastic and sarcastic right, Richie. We're just thinking like what if people forgotten about the auto workshop in the intervening like 15 minutes? <laughs> so there's not a lot to go on. There's like Alright, here's everything well, we know was, about like, the Alright. Let's go. It was like an intermission. This is the recap. <laughs> Previously on AMC's badges of Bloodborne. <laughs> The auto workshop is the precursor to the powder kegs. Rich, I have to ask the questions. <sighs> what is the faction that the badge represents? The auto workshop. Who is in it? Auto. What are the values of the workshop? A similar philosophy to the powder kegs. The powder keg's philosophy is stated in game as if a weapon ain't got kick, it's not worth it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, if you want to get like deep into it, like the auto workshop build bombs that have timers on them. And then the powder kegs are like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Just no throw patience. <laughs> Thank you, Autumn. Thank you, Richie. And thank you, Sin. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. So a lot of the enemies in the Hunter's Nightmare, like the hunters that were taken there, they have delayed Molotovs as a weapon. So we can assume that like they're either part of the auto workshop or they got that stuff from the auto workshop. Uh And also like the boom hammer weapon, it's not associated with the auto workshop. Like you don't need a badge. You just find it, but you find it where there's a bunch of delayed Molotovs. Mm. And like the the boom hammer is a weapon that like has a furnace in it. And like, uh, like it, it does this like blast thing when it hits. So it's sort of in line with what the, um, auto workshop wanted to do with like all like the gunpowder and flame and stuff. So I think the boom hammer, like even if it's not technically unlocked by the badge, it seems like an auto workshop thing. So they probably also like, they were probably supplying like the old hunters when you look at who they are. Cause they've got like, there's like old hunters with boom hammers and old hunters that throw Molotovs at you. So do you think maybe the powder kegs, and Otto probably just like coexisted at some point. Do you point? think Otto founded the powder kegs? That's possible. And then, yeah. Hmm. Do the powder kegs have a workshop? Well, it says they do, but we don't. The problem is like sometimes they'll say like sometimes it's like the powder kegs were like the heretics of the workshop, but then sometimes they'll say like the powder kegs had a workshop, so it's like. I think that makes it makes sense if they did have their own because German's workshop is tiny. So the notion that there's like all these factions, but they're all operating from like a very, very small room. So basically like someone's shed doesn't really make a great deal of sense. So I think like the powder cakes probably did have a workshop. Thank you. 
So now let's move on to where. Where is the auto workshop? Alternatively, where are the members of the auto workshop currently? Well, the members are in the nightmare, but presumably the workshop would have had a physical location at some point. Yeah. And where is that physical location or where was it? Well, Yanam is like absolutely massive. So like you can just say it's like in one of the 400 like low poly clones of old Yanam that they shove in the distance to make the city look <laughs> bigger than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still like processing that like the boom hammer is a powder keg's weapon because it's like, why does the auto workshop exist then? Like, you've brought in this, like, the powder kegs had a precursor, but, like, also just a bunch of powder keg stuff is there. You know what this reminds me of? What? When you were like, why does Ippin exist if we already have a character who makes poison food? Why is Lambo here if we already have Ippin who explodes? Yeah, it's a good question. I think if one thing characterizes Reborn, it's there's too many fucking characters. And even the writer is aware of this and has them removed, like, after a couple of episodes. She's like, I don't know what to do with this. I've got a better idea. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Ritty. Let me ask you, where does the auto workshop come from? Or where does auto come from? Meaning... Were they born in Yarnum, or did they come from somewhere else? How, how would we know? Yeah, we don't really have a lot of information on who Otto was. We don't have. Well, we don't even know if Otto's a person. We're just assuming. <laughs> but yeah, What's like name. Yeah. Let's look up the name Otto. Let's see, Otto baby name. There's a, a Pac-Man clone called Crazy Otto. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is such a twist, y'all. Oh, my God. In Teutonic baby names, the meaning of name Otto is rich. R-I-C-H. I know a rich, yeah. a richie, a yeah. Richard Peelbeam. Yeah. Do you, though? <laughs> I mean, legally, you might not. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Autumn. Yes, not you, Crazy Auto. Oh my god! I just saw the picture of Crazy Auto. That's beautiful. That's how I would like to imagine Auto canonically in Bloodborne. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's what I aspire to be. <laughs> There's a ghost chasing me, but I'm really hungry. You know, Crazy Otto, like, was an unofficial Pac-Man clone that then got modded into Ms. Pac-Man. Which means Ms. Pac-Man is canonically trans. That's very good. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. We've learned more about Pac-Man than we have about Bloodborne. (laughs) Thank you, Autumn. Thank you, Richie. So now, the last section is why. Why is the auto workshop? You know how there's all these 
beasts in the city. Probably do something about it. <laughs> like, th- this is what I-, I was getting at with, like, all the weapons and stuff. There's, like, a development that you can trace. Mm-hmm. So, like, the auto workshop is... It's a transitional point between German and, like, Dura, basically. Where they start to realize, okay, we're fighting, like, different kinds of beast. We're fighting them in different numbers and we're fighting them in different environments. So we got to start like getting rid of like the German approach and moving toward a different approach because like what the auto workshop weapons are designed to do is they're designed to hunt in streets. They're designed to hunt in urban areas and they're designed to hunt like large groups of things. So like, a delayed Molotov, the idea is like, I'm fighting something, but we're in like a cramped alleyway. So if I throw this thing, it has no choice. It, it has to like go over it to get to me. So that's when it'll go off. And like the piercing rifle, the idea is like, you're fighting a whole lot of things that are coming at you in a big line. Like you fire it down an alleyway and hit everything that's coming down the alley at you. And those approaches don't work if you're like, if you imagine like where you fight German the big open space, those don't work at all there because things can just move around them. So you can see that like the auto workshop is the realization, like along with um, Ludwig's church workshop that we have to start approaching this differently because there's basically like more beasts happening and they're happening in urban spaces. So yeah, doing, doing the German dance doesn't work. Interesting. And I think that's like, that's why the ones that go to wipe out old Yarnum are the powder kegs, because it's like we need the people who are specialized in urban combat. So it's the powder kegs that go down there. Hmm. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Autumn. And that brings us to the end of our outline. Yay! Yay. Richie, do the outro. That was Badges of Bloodborne, Episode 4. The Firing Hammer Badge with Autumn. Yay. We learned a lot about Otto. And other things. <laughs> yeah. You know the auto workshop? Sounds like the auto workshop? Like cars? Yeah. So maybe it was just some guy fixing cars. Well, there aren't any cars in Yarnum, so it's probably... But yeah, because probably, there's yeah, no longer an exactly. auto workshop. That's what I was going to say. The they're all just... Yeah, yeah, they're all just... There's a really bad, um, like, mechanics that I have to go past a lot, and I've been going past there routinely for, like, three years, and I've never seen a car leave. They're just piling up. <laughs> like, there's not any room. They're going to start spilling out onto the street soon. And there's like just, I sometimes see one guy standing there with his hands on his hips going like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Is that Otto? Possibly, yeah. (laughs) Autumn! Yeah. If people want to find you on social media, where should they look for you? They can go to girlsoftware.com or you can find me at uh, Jessica Girlsoft on Twitter. Yeah, you can play my games and stuff like that. Awesome! Thank you so much for coming, Autumn. It was super fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.